Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edit Talk for the Itty Walk podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. Good morning. There was a time when I thought that what I wore mattered. Like it gave me some kind of validity. I mean, I had to have the Michael Jordan t-shirt and the Chicago Bulls shorts for gym class. Not only that, it wasn't the Air Jordans I wanted. I wanted the Reebok pumps. I don't know if you remember those. For everybody born before the 20th century, we kind of remember maybe. But if you were born after the year 2000, this is what they were. They were high-top tennis shoes, or basketball shoes, that had a, a round circle that looked like an orange basketball right at the top of the tongue of the shoe. And when you would pump it, it would pump air around your ankles to provide support for when you played basketball. That was the pump. I had to have those. I thought, that stuff, that stuff matters. kind of made me valid, Right? I'd fit in with the cool kids. I made it. I guess I was thinking wrong. Not that I don't try to dress nice. But that's not where we find who we really are and who we can be. Not to say that what we wear doesn't matter. Because the next few weeks, we're going to spend time in Colossians. And there, we find what we are to clothe ourselves with as believers. As disciple of Jesus, there's a certain way I need to dress. And no, that doesn't mean I need to wear the right kind of shirts or tennis shoes. It's tennis shoes in West Virginia, sneakers in New York. (laughs) But it matters what we put on. What we put on is what we're going to save for the next few weeks. Now you have something to look forward to. This morning, what we first need to talk about is how what we don't wear matters. So, Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, Paul writes this. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. 
When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Just so you know, that word is coming, or those two words, that is the Greek present tense. It's going to happen, baby, soon. <laughs> like even in this lifetime. Because of those things, there's consequences. There's punishment from God. He's a holy, just God. Verse 6, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. And Father, I thank you for this promise of renewal here in your word. I thank you for how when we put our faith in you, when we look to Jesus as our Lord and Savior, you take us from death to life. And Lord, thank you for all the life there is in relationship with you. Help us as we live and walk this life in the Spirit. Help us put off what we still need to put off, to put to death what needs to die, so we can put on all that you have for us to put on, the kindness, the compassion, the love. And God, may you bless the next few minutes we have together in your word. I pray you bless this preacher. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we put anything on, stuff has to die or come off. That's what Paul says there. In verse 3, he really emphasizes it. He says, For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ. Paul puts it like this in Romans chapter 6, just so you realize the message is consistent. Romans 6, verses 1 through 4. I hope you've had your coffee this morning because there's a lot of scripture references to turn to. Romans 6, chapter 1, pardon me, Romans 6, verse 1 to verse 4. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means we died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or, or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were therefore buried with Him through baptism into death. In order that... Just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too 
Have a new life. Live a new life. There he's talking about putting the old life to death. And then he puts it like this in Ephesians chapter 4. This is going to be the theme all morning. You like points when you're taking notes and listening to the message? Put to death, take it off. There's your two points. There's a good one at the end too, but again, now you have something else to look forward to. But listen to Ephesians chapter 4. Verses 22 to 24. You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self. Did you hear it there? Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires. To be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. A couple weeks back, and you can hop online and listen again, or listen for the first time if you hadn't heard the messages from 2 Corinthians 7. They were about repentance and godly sorrow. And I came across a good definition of repentance this week. Eugene Peterson, he's the guy who wrote the message, he made a note about how repentance, it's not a feeling, it's a turning. Well, we're going to talk a little R&R this morning. That doesn't mean nap time. doesn't mean rest and relaxation. Repentance, the act of turning, not just the feeling, oh, I feel really bad that I said that. All right, moving on. That's not what it is. It's a turning, uh, doing something about it. It's an action. So we're going to talk about how, you know, there's repentance and then there's renunciation. Can you say that word with me? Renunciation. Awesome. That was Christian if you couldn't hear him. He said it nice and clear. And like repentance, renunciation is not just a feeling. It's a decision. It's an action. It's a voluntary decision to put something aside. To use a little stronger language, it means to repudiate or to completely disown. That's what Paul's talking about here in regards to the old way of life. The earthly stuff. He says, put it to death. Notice he didn't say put it in the closet. He said, put it to death. Put what to death? The earthly nature, the sinful nature, and the behaviors that accompany it. We have the saving grace that brought us a new life because of the salvation that's found only in Jesus. And as a result, we walk in relationship with Him, and we continue to decisively work out our faith in renewed life. It's an act of faith. It's a daily walk. It's just not a Sunday morning thing. That's not the only time we dress up. We step out of the old patterns of life and we walk in step with the Spirit in our new and renewed life. 
in this morning as we go through what we're to put to death and put off, get rid of, I encourage you to consider and don't miss how all these behaviors, the fruit of the sinful nature, the earthly life, are essentially a result of self-worship and idolization. And all this stuff that Paul wrote about and we're going to talk about, it brings hurt and pain to ourselves and to others. Can you see why Paul might say, put it to death or get rid of it? Now, the work of putting to death the sinful nature is not done on our own. It can't be done on our own. It's by the Spirit and in relationship with Him. Paul puts it like this. Galatians chapter chapter 5, verse 16. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. I'm going to hop down to verse 24 and 25. But you might want to put something in the Bible there because it's worth reading. Verses 16 to 26. But listen to verses 24 and 25. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Does that mean we'll do everything perfectly? No, Paul didn't. You go back to Romans. He talked about dying to self. A few chapters later, he talked about the struggle he had with sin. But the point is, we have the power in the Spirit to not live for ourselves, but to live for Him and not gratify that old way of life that brings death and harms others. So Paul basically breaks it down into two categories. First, put to death the sensual evil. Look at verse 5 of Colossians chapter 3. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. It's funny how God gives us all these principles, and they all line up. Three of the Ten Commandments are going to be in the things we talk about this morning. Right there is one, idolatry. And these are the kind of things we put off because of the harm it will do to ourselves and to others. In 1 Corinthians, when Paul talks about sexual sins, he talks about how, don't you know your, your body's a temple of the Spirit? When you commit those sins, you're doing more harm to yourself than you can imagine. And then, what about the harm when we give in to these earthly desires that causes those around us? I'm not picking on anybody, but if you've turned on the news, how, how do you think Jerry Falwell Jr.'s wife might be feeling right now? Or let's rewind our lives 10, 12 years. If you want, after church, come to my office, I save the newspaper. It's a picture of Elliot Spitzer after he confessed his sin when he was the Attorney General of New York. And in the background, this is why I saved it. It's his wife with her head down, brokenhearted and crushed. 
why, why does the Lord want us to put this stuff to death? Because of the harm and death it brings. I mentioned how it makes some people feel. What about the victims of this stuff? Paul says, put it to death. Don't make idols of sex or money or greed. That's number two, the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not have any idols. It says, put to death all of that stuff. Because what do we do when we do that stuff? We're worshiping ourselves, doing stuff that makes us feel good. We're to worship Him. Before we can put on the stuff He has for us to put on, that stuff has got to be put to death. The second thing He says is get rid of the social evil. So we have the sensual evil listed in verse 5. You hop down to Verse 8, we get to the, the social evil kind of stuff. I want to read to you verse 8. But now you must get rid, rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices." You could categorize these as the, the social evils. And actually the words that Paul uses here, it's for get rid of, and we saw that. If you look in the original Greek, it means to strip completely. This has been a heavy sermon, so let me talk about something funny. Back in the 1980s, Hank Williams Jr. used to sing a song called Buck Naked. He'd been at work all day long, and his belt's tight, his boots are tight, so what do you think he does when he gets home from work? He gets buck naked. That's what this word here means, to strip completely. Get rid of completely this stuff. And you might be thinking, well, time out, Nathaniel, because I've heard you preach about anger. Isn't there such a thing as righteous anger? Come on, Jesus got mad when he saw the people selling the stuff in the marketplace. You're right, he did. Because what were those people doing? Those people were doing things that hurt others. It wasn't for uh, the benefit of the people in the temple that the stuff was being sold. It was for the pocketbooks of the people selling the stuff. And Jesus knew that wasn't right. He got angry. There is such thing as a righteous anger. Human anger is not righteous. James. James chapter 1. Verses 16... Pardon me, verses 19 to 21. And as you're turning there, just so you know, all these things that Paul's talking about here are stuff that has to kind of do with self-justification. I had a right to be angry. I had a right to get revenge. I had a right to not forgive. 
We're, we're on anger, right? Anger. My dear brothers and sisters, this is James 1, 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry. For a person's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid... Can you believe this? Didn't Paul already say this? Now James is saying it. Get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So there's anger, and then there's malice. They hurt me, so I'm going to hurt them like they hurt me, or maybe I'll get them worse. And one way that I could get them... I could say something that puts them down and makes me look good. I might be stretching the truth a little. Oh, fine, I'm hopping to verse 9. Let me stay in verse 8. But if I get my point across, I can paint the picture that they're really bad and I'm really good. We might not consciously think that, but that's what we actively do sometimes. Slander. Reveal how awful that person is and what they did. I think focusing on that negative will make us look positive. <laughs> what did Paul say about that? What does God's Word say about that stuff? Romans twelve seventeen to 19. Do not repay anyone evil with evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. And we talked a few minutes earlier about how God's wrath is active. It's present. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. And then filthy language. Paul talked about us cussing. Can you believe that? Now he's meddling. Who does God think he is? And his words. That stuff doesn't matter, does it? I had a uh, college roommate my senior year. His favorite verse. Today's his birthday, actually. So, Andrew, if you're listening, happy birthday. His favorite verse Ephesians 4.29 Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, so that it may benefit those who listen. And if that's not enough, let's rewind to verse 4 of chapter 5. Actually, fast forward. Uh, you know what? We're going to skip over all the stuff that he talked about in Colossians 3. <laughs> Think this stuff is important to eliminate? Verse 4. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. I was in one of the Zoom meetings this week that I think got hacked, taken over by someone who put us through about 20 minutes of the most vulgar, disgusting language 
I may have heard in my life. And there's something about that, isn't there? I mean, why do you think even the world knows well enough to make movies G, PG, PG-13, and R? And even put a description in there, some language may not be appropriate. That's because some language is not appropriate. It's just filthy. Language is a gift from God. So Paul's saying, believer, watch how you use that gift. Told you we'd be in the Ten Commandments. What's the third commandment? Thou shalt not misuse or take the name of the Lord in vain. What does that do to his holy name? OMG. Or when people say JC, Jesus Christ in a derogatory. They take that holy name and they make it common and they trample on it. That's not what is to be done with his name. What did Jesus say about the mouth? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Tried to say the word speaks and it didn't come out. That's funny. And lying? I'm not trying to beat us up this morning, you or me. But what Paul's saying is what we wear matters. And some stuff needs to come off. Ever been hurt by a lie? I've hurt people with lies. See the damage that can be done when we put this stuff back on? Or don't strip it completely? I just, to prove a point, nobody's perfect. Not even Peter. But to prove a point and to make a point, I want to go to Galatians chapter 5. Oh, you know what? I'll go to Galatians 5 after the story. You see, things are going pretty good in the ministry. The early church is thriving. Peter, we know he can preach, baby. He preached that first Pentecost. He preached after he was miraculously rescued from jail. But here's the point I want to make. Sometimes we're tempted to put back on the old self or the old behaviors because of the company we keep or the company we might be in. It's a little different when you're at church on Sunday morning and someplace else during the week. It's more challenging out there. Well, Peter, 
in chapter 2, he was hanging out with some Gentiles who he said the faith was for them. But then when the Jews got there, what did he do? He stopped practicing what he preached. And he started spending time with the Jews acting like the Gentiles or nothing. Now we've been talking about putting to death and we've been talking about getting rid of. Another way that Paul puts it is, and we'll read it in chapter 2, why would you rebuild a wall after you tore it down? That's basically what he tells Peter to put Peter in his place. Galatians chapter 2, verse 18. Peter, this is what he told him. If I rebuild what I destroyed, I prove that I am a lawbreaker. For through the law I died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. But you see where the problem is? When we're flipping through the channels late at night at things we come across that maybe we shouldn't watch. Or when we're around that group of people who they like to tell that joke, that dirty joke, and we like to maybe share the ones we know too. Or when one party is putting down another... And we join in. Now I'm meddling, huh? When we do all that, what's influencing us? What or who are we allowing to change us? Is it Him and His Word? Or is it those we're around. Please come back next week, will you? <laughs> the reason Paul talks about this stuff is because it's important. The life we live for him is important. The way we live and we call ourselves Christian is important. And so many times it's so easy to get focused on what they're doing and they're doing and they're doing and they're doing. And when you follow the life of a Christian fully devoted to Christ, follow Paul and his life. You notice it's not about all that stuff. It's more focused on who I am in relationship with my Lord and Savior. I'm not about I'm not worried about what other people think. I'm not worried about what other people think of me. I know what my God thinks of me and how He loves me. And I want to love Him with all my heart. So I'm willing to die to myself in that old way of life and live for Him. I'm going to say a really short prayer. And after this short prayer, you're dismissed. We know what we need to put off, huh? If you didn't get enough, Paul talks about it in just about every letter he writes. <laughs> Galatians chapter 5, it's in there. And I know that we've all dealt with stuff in our lives. Because we're human, huh? But know that in your battle with stuff, putting it to death, 
stripping it off, you are not alone. We live by the Spirit. We have one another. Maybe there's a a brother or sister in Christ you need to reach out to and confess to to help you in your walk with the Lord. That's the whole purpose of church. Short prayer. After I pray, you're dismissed. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, help us identify what we still need to put to death. Strip off or stop putting on. I thank you for the victory we have in Christ. Victory over sin into a life eternal. A life here on earth that is new and being renewed. Thank you for your love, your grace, and your church. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.